CZ Media Podcast is brought to you by Rancho Bravo Tacos. They make it really easy to get great tasting Mexican food. You can stop by any one of their three convenient locations, Capitol Hill, U District, Wallingford, or you can order through Uber Eats, Caviar, or Chow Now. You can also text RBT to the number 474747 and you'll get deals on tacos, burritos, and more. All of the information is in the show notes. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Seasoning Media Podcast. Before we start, I want to remind everyone to subscribe to the show. I'm on iTunes, Stitcher. You can listen on the website. I recently, well, hopefully by the time this show airs, I'll also be on iHeartRadio. Do you listen to podcasts? Uh, actually, not not so much, but... Uh... I heard that's what all the cool kids are doing, so uh, <laughs> I need to jump on that. <laughs> There's so many that you can choose from. Like, podcasts are like YouTube. Are you a big YouTube guy? Oh, totally. Yeah. Where it is, and, and this is how we're being spoiled as a society, because we want the type of information we want, when we want it, and an endless stream of it. So if you like cars on YouTube, if you like cars then you have thousands, well, probably hundreds of thousands of hours of videos on cars. If you like anything, you can find exactly what it is and then watch that forever. Sure. So podcasts are similar. Where if you like horror, there are plenty of horror podcasts. If you like comedy, you have every comedian now has his own podcast, his or her own podcast. Uh, And then... The layer of complexity here is that if you make your own, then you have to put it, then you have to post it to all these different places. Some of them charge you, some of them don't. So it's overall, it's a pain. (laughs) It really is. Crypticon is going to have a whole panel for podcasting. Cool. I should be on it. Yeah, you can get a media pass. I bet. I mean, you shouldn't have to pay for. No, I paid. Oh, well, good for you. You know, <laughs> I'm always jealous of all the guys that, that get the media passes and get into all these cool events, but good for you for supporting a, a cool thing. Well, ooh, that's an, that's an interesting thought. Like, because CZ Media, it's its own thing now. I wonder if I can say that I'm, that I'm something and that, C- yeah. and that I, I could get a media pass for CZ Media. Ooh, I'm going to have one of my buddies on who loves doing uh, band photography. Cool. So he goes to a bunch of bars, but every now and then he'll go to a big concert. I mean, those are more harder to come by, but I'm going to, I should ask him. I should write that down. You just have to ask him. You know, a lot of these, these places, a lot of these events have, uh, have that as a, an option, you know, even some of the bigger ones, you could probably even get into like Emerald city comic con or, some of those like really like big flags. The big ones. ones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't like do you like Comic Cons? Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I usually I can't say I've ever attended one without having a booth there. So Oh, I see. I, so you attend <laughs> I, I really like having that space and that breathing room. Yeah. Um I've done uh I've done the New York Comic Con and it's so packed. Is that it's, like the Jarvis Center? Yeah, yeah, Javits. Javits, Javits Center. Center. It actually 
the last time I did it was was a couple of years ago, but they'd expanded into Madison Square Gardens. Oh wow! Also. So, I mean, it's just huge. Huge. Yeah, that's a little bigger than uh, the DoubleTree. Yeah. C- <laughs> yeah. But there's some breathing room too. I mean, you don't you don't get panic attacks just walking in the yeah. aisle. You know. That's that's super cool. Um, so yes, subscribe to the show, iTunes, Stitcher. Hopefully, by the time this airs, I'll be on iHeart Music. Considering Spotify, but Spotify makes you pay. Mm. Not directly to Spotify. With Spotify, they only work with a few podcasting services and they link. So you so you have to sign up to this service and then they link it to Spotify. But you have to pay to be on their preferred or on their only on the only services that they use. Huh. But it might be worth it. I don't know. I'll think about it. So, yes, in the meantime, use that iTunes app. Find us. Find me on social. And I keep on saying this. There's a donate button on my website. Ooh. No one donated yet. <laughs> Maybe it's because it's too many processes. I should just, it's too many steps. I should just use PayPal. Make it nice and easy. Sure. Most people have PayPal. Yeah. Like my website, the the donate button does some other service. Well, anyway, um, yeah, do all that. Um, I have merch. I should show you my merch. Sure. Actually, I don't think you would like it because <laughs> it is a complete ripoff of uh, of other stuff, like of Supreme font. Are you familiar with the Supreme <laughs> The Supreme Box Logos. <laughs> all right, so do all that. All right, that's enough of uh, me pitching myself. Or what do you call it? Not pitching. Is it pitching? Me. Sure, it could be pitching. Is it you never pitching? know who's listening. I mean, you know. Me. Uh, oh, what's that word? Promoting. Promoting. Plugging. Plugging. Me plugging myself. I've been plugging myself for almost 10 minutes now. Um, but I'm talking to, I'm so excited about who I'm talking to today. And before I introduce him, I will preface it by saying that he is the first artist that I, that I have his art on my wall and that I'm actually talking to him on the show. That's super exciting. That is super cool to do that. Uh, Dave, how's it going? Oh, it's fantastic. Thank you. I'm talking to Dave Ryan from Dave Ryan Pop Art. And of course, all your information is going to be linked so people can check you out and see the art that you do cool thanks how's it going it's good it's a good day yeah anything uh well tell us a little bit about like explain your art um so uh i do pop art on recycled stuff i started out painting on uh records um and that that was kind of a way to procrastinate when i was in college and still feel like i was accomplishing something so Rather than writing English papers, I was cutting stencils out of record <laughs> sleeves and spray painting them on the records. So you've been doing this a long time. Yeah. Um, Has this been your primary gig? Um, yeah. Yeah. In a couple months, I think I'll be entering year 11 doing this wow. full time. Um, and I've been I've been painting on records for 13 years, I think. Nice. That is well, so you must. You must have a huge body of work like do you ever go back to those first ones have you kept any of those um 
<laughs> yeah, with some of them. You know, I um, I was really disciplined for a long time, and I would paint about 50 of these records a week. Holy and, cow. Um, I think there was a couple years where I had painted over 2,000 of them, and um, oh, I just... Did you... You didn't paint over any, like, rare records, did you? You know, I probably have, oh. but I, I do my best <laughs> not to be... Um, I don't know. I, I try not to be too reverent, you know, uh, just the nature of my artwork tends to be pretty lighthearted and, yeah. and I have a lot of fun with it. And it's all about taking what exists and, and changing it or adding something to it. Um, well, hopefully you haven't painted over any rare Miles Davis or. I think I, I might have painted over some scratched Miles Davis records, but I, I probably painted Miles Davis on it. <laughs> Uh, it rarely lines up that I have a stencil that actually matches the record. Oh, but, I didn't um, even think about that. Every once in a while. Um, well, so you were, so when you were super disciplined starting out at 50 a week. Yeah. So you would go to like, would people give them to you or would you go to the record store and buy the 25 cent pieces? It, um, it initially started out going through the bargain bin and just picking the cheap ones and, and then as record stores and thrift stores started um, getting to know me, they'd set set the ones they couldn't sell aside. So I've I've painted over a lot of Barbara Streisand and Barry Manilow albums. Uh, and well, Barbara Streisand's okay. I don't like her. <laughs> she's all right. She's a she. Uh, Pain but, away. You know, as as this has gone on, my personal record collection has definitely grown quite a bit. Um, so you uh, not only paint over vinyl, but you collect like you like to listen to it. And yeah, yeah, I got this little shop in Pike Place Market. And uh, that's that's my only source of uh, audio media. Very cool. Is, is records like are you uh, like how how deep are you in this? Um, <laughs> Pretty deep. I quit drinking a few months ago and I think all the money that I spent on <laughs> uh, on alcohol is now getting funneled into my record collection. Oh, so you've, uh, well, where's your favorite record shop? Um, man, there are a lot of really good ones in Seattle. There's, um, just down the hall for me at the market is, uh, Holy Cow Records. Mm. And, um, my next door neighbor works at Spin Cycle Records on Capitol Hill. So those are usually my two go-tos. Okay. Which one's that one on Capitol Hill? Because there's like three on yeah. Capitol Hill. Yeah, it's on Broadway, uh, kind of oh, okay. kind of the northern end of Broadway. Uh, there's, oh, it's like okay. right next to Chase Bank. That seems so far away. <laughs> like I spend most of my time by uh, like Pike and Broadway, sure. Pine and Broadway, that going to the other side, like crossing Olive. It seems like, oh, that's so far away. <laughs> it's not too bad. It's like I'm almost in Mount Vernon if I go over there. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty lazy when it comes to going anywhere, <clears throat> which is so funny because I've, I lived in Seattle for 18 years. But the uh, the first seven or eight years, my wife and I lived in Federal Way. Hmm. And we had, a well, I had friends up here. And we would always do stuff up here. And I would say, hey, maybe we should go to Federal Way. And all of them lived here or in U District. And they're like, no way. <laughs> they would say, the furthest south I go is the West Seattle Bridge. Don't go any further south than that. Sure. Maybe Georgetown I'll go I'll go to. So there was no way I was going to get them to go to Federal Way. And I'm like, man, that's kind of a, that's kind of a mean thing to do. 
Uh, but nope, they are dead on. I don't want to do that either. Yeah. I don't like to do that. <clears throat> uh, the uh, the record shops that I have bought a few records off are across the street from Sam's. I don't remember what that one is. There's Wallace Sound, I think. It's that on like it. Piker Pine. Yeah. And then there's, um, man, there's another one that has a lot of really good metal albums. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> um, the one with next to the tattoo place. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't been to that one either. Uh, I started collecting vinyl. Mm, I don't even, I'm saying vinyl like a one of those records. Um, I don't know, uh, like four years ago, five years ago. Not too long. Cool. I don't have that many. Uh, but see, as you can tell, I have a bit of a collector spirit. Sure. And I started buying right the new records, but then saying, you know what? Wouldn't it be better to have original records? So then I started going to the record uh, swap meets or whatever they're called. And then it's like, that is a pretty expensive hobby if you like get super deep into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your favorite? What's your what's your uh, most valued? Not necessarily monetarily, but the one that you listen to over and over and over again. Oh, man. I have there's. Um, man, I've been listening to either <laughs> either uh, Mastodon's Once More Around the Sun. Uh, that sounds very metal. It's yeah, it's pretty heavy. Um, like how and, how 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 heavy? Um, like Guar. I don't know. You know the they uh, there's like three of the four guys in that band can sing, and they all have like really unique voices. So mm. they have a a real wide range. Okay, but it's usually pretty fast, pretty technical stuff. Um, I've been listening to like a lot of like stoner metal lately. Also, like Sleep is stoner metal. I don't think I've ever heard about or heard that term oh you're missing out <laughs> <laughs> i'll i'll uh i'll give you a homework assignment <laughs> okay stoner metal yeah stoner metal uh and then i've been listening to um have you heard of a dude named ty seagal no he's really prolific right now um i think he was the the first person that kxp had in their new space okay um but he's in a band called fuzz that i really like so I may have heard the that band name. Cool. So, um, you, so you have, do you branch out at all? Like, is there any oh, uh, like totally. mariachi bands? Yeah, I love mariachi. I, I do. <laughs> and and kind of for the same reason, I, I like some heavier stuff is you get yeah. like some really technical melodies and, and um, you know, um, one of my favorite albums this definitely not monetarily. You, you probably couldn't find this album for more than a dollar. Yeah. But it's, um, I think it's the Tijuana Brass doing the Lonely Bull. Okay. Uh, and so it, w- it came out like right around uh, when Herb Alpert was huge. Right. So it's kind of like a Herb Alpert ripoff. But, okay. But I love it, man. When I was when I was like 21, it was about the time I started getting into to records. Uh, I had this record player that, it took up the entire back seat of my my Volkswagen Jetta that I had at the time. That was, <laughs> I got it at a garage sale for fifteen dollars, and I was like, "Well, if if it'll fit, I'll take it." Yeah. And um, I'd listen to this album, and my roommate and I would would play darts. We put the dartboard on top of the record player, and then we would just sit in our 
our recliners on the back porch, just throwing <laughs> darts at it. So it was covered in darts also, but, um, that's always my happy music. Sometimes I like to start the day off at the shop with that, you know, just get it going. Um, yeah, that's like my happy place music. <laughs> that's fun. That's fun. So then, uh, where did you get the idea to start stenciling on records? Like where did that, where did that come from? Were you doing other types of art and you went to this or was this the first one? Um, it was kind of at the beginning. I had, um, I had this professor in college who always made us buy way too many books. Mm. And, um, I had just done this really big, uh, six by six. It wasn't a painting. I did it with a Sharpie. It was the cover of, <laughs> uh, Led Zeppelin one with the, okay. the Zeppelin crashing. And I did it with a Sharpie. It was huge. Uh, so it was Holy really, cow. how many Sharpies did you go through? I don't remember. I kept track of the time though. I think it took me like 48 hours Yikes. working on it. Um, but, uh, it was, it was on like a blind. You could roll up like a little bamboo blind. Yeah. Uh, so I was, I was just listening to a lot of records while I did that and kind of, kind of getting into to records a lot. So, uh, I had this professor that would always make us buy too many books. And I, I took the money I had set aside for books and just bought art supplies. There you go. And I started hand painting on, on records. And then when I finished that, I had all these record sleeves laying around. So I started cutting stencils out of them. Okay. And they just fit perfectly over records. So there wasn't any extra masking to do. So it just kind of became this, this, uh, so that's the stent. That's your stencils are the sleeves. Yeah. Yeah. Most of them are four to six layers. Um, but I, I started out with one layer when I first, um, first started making them and just got more confident. Interesting. So like, what, what did you do with them? Those first few that you did where your friends were like, Hey, that's super cool. Can I I have one? I had a roommate offer me $5 for one. Yeah. And I thought, (laughs) Hey, uh, maybe I can make a job out of this. (laughs) I've I've given myself a few raises since then. Yeah. I might isn't, be due for another one, actually. Isn't that just an amazing feeling when someone says, hey, I, I'll give you money in exchange for something that you made? Yeah. I love that feeling. That's fantastic. It's, uh, I, I don't get that feeling too often <laughs> or like out of the blue, but it's it's a really interesting feeling. Yeah. I know. So, that, so, you, have, so you have all of these and then you realize you could monetize it. So you... Th- the is like getting booths at art shows the next step or is it taking them to places and for me it was just cold calling okay. I, w- I would um i'd get a backpack full of art and then i just go into businesses that i thought were cool and or or that my friends were running or worked at yeah and um i would just you know talk to whoever was in charge of the walls. And a lot of times they didn't have anyone in charge of it. So, um, I just stop by once a week and, and fill up all the empty spots and make sure it looks good. And the nice thing about stenciling is you can, you can repeat an image. Yeah. So I could build up a nice stock and right. I could set up at multiple places and I got really fortunate and some of these businesses stopped asking me to leave. And there's, there's some that I've been at for, you know, nine years. Very cool. And, and I'm a part of the team. So you yeah. literally just like you made all of these, you had a whole bunch and you're like, you know what? We got to go yeah. hit the pavement, go yeah. knock on some doors. 
You know, that's the answer to so many things. You know, before the internet, I mean, that was the only way you could get out, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm not saying I'm that old. The, the internet was definitely around when I was, was doing all this, but um, <laughs> my dad ran for office uh, when I was like nine years old. And while the other kids were playing Nintendo and all that, I was knocking on doors, passing out literature, trying to convince people to <laughs> vote, vote Republican, me. you know, and uh, in, in Washington state, that's not always very easy. No, especially uh, now. Yeah. Well, this was like, 1991 i think there might have been a chance 92 well depends where like here in seattle you did that it was in uh kitsap county area so there's more of a shot yeah yeah um (laughs) so well that's cool your dad ran did he win uh he lost the first time he won the second time and then for re-election he didn't win but you know it definitely taught me a lot about uh picking myself back up you know you put a lot of effort into something you're not always going to get the result you want but you know that's so so based off what you just said that for one like nine years old knocking on people's doors i can imagine that not everyone was respect uh receptive to your message (laughs) and i can imagine that some people let you know on a on a scale of friendly rejection to maybe not so friendly rejection (laughs) I mean, I wasn't the Girl Scout cookies, yeah, you know, but I, I definitely, I think I had uh, uh, enough youth on my side that people weren't gonna, you know, threaten to physically yeah, remove me, go like, full yeah. blown. Um, so that combined with you going door to door selling your art, I mean, that's the, I, that would be an interesting experiment. Like, go back in a time machine. Go back to where you didn't do that as a kid, like your dad didn't sure. give you this task to go. Like, how inclined would you have been to do to do the 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 cold calling with your art? <clears throat> like, would there would have? I'm I'm curious if there had been more hesitation or. I don't know if that would have been the first thing that would have popped into my mind. Yeah. you know, um, having having that experience has really helped me out. Right, um, just just approaching people, like you know, I, I do uh, a lot of lot of uh festivals and events like that yeah and, uh kind of having the the shoe be on the other foot where i'm stationary and people are coming to me like right. i still know how to interact with with folks and in, in, that's yeah that is super interesting um a few weeks ago i was doing i was on a panel talking to um talking about how businesses on what business owners or self like people do in the third, like myself where I'm just a one man show, like what they can expect when they start off. So like you're, you realize you want to monetize this service. What do I do to start to make myself a little business? Sure. And then the person who I was speaking to wanted to know of some things that maybe the, the, that people don't consider. And there were a couple other people there that were way younger than me. And all they did was talk about social media and posting to social media. That was 90% of their suggestions is the, the suggestion was, well, the first thing is that they have to make sure they have a Instagram account and a Facebook account and a YouTube account and a Twitter account and a Snapchat account. And you need to post to those every day and you need to use the right hashtags and, 
and I'm, you know, I, I felt like a super really old man because <laughs> just hearing that makes me feel like a dinosaur. <laughs> it well, on multiple levels because one, the people who were saying this were really young; they were sure. in their early mid twenties, and then I had not shaved in about a month, and my beard comes in eighty percent white. So I'm there. I'm there. <clears throat> listening to them and I'm laughing because I'm thinking, okay, if I say what's actually on my mind, I will literally be the old man, (laughs) but I'm like, you know what? I don't care. I'll do it anyway. So I said, you know what? A lot of uh, people don't understand or don't get is, or don't have the skills is how to take rejection. And you get that by knocking on doors. Mm -hmm. I say, if you're, if you're trying, if you're a photographer and you want to do pictures, then, you have to meet people. So that means going to networking events, knocking on, like going to a law, a law firm and saying, hey, who's your operations manager? Do you need, do you, does your law firm need photo? Like any of these things. Sure. It's like just going uh, and, and actually talking to people. It's like social media will get you some, but it's that face to face. And the person who, like the, the young people, they gave me kind of like a dirty look. Because, you know, I was bringing up going to chamber meetings and going to uh, rotary meetings and all these things. And it's like, I don't think those I don't think those young people even knew what chamber was or what rotary was. So that's no, that that is super. It's necessary, actually. I mean, it's it's just what you have to do, really. You can't rely on, you know, a, a post. Sure. A day to get you there. Yeah. So that is super cool. That is super interesting. And uh, when you, how did your art evolve from from records? Um. So. I've always painted on what's available. Yeah. You know. Um. And when I was first getting started, when I when I bought uh, the first set of paints, uh, with that with that book money, I also went to a thrift store and I just started buying canvases to paint over. Oh, okay. And, um, so like picture, ugly pictures of, you know, a dog or yeah, something. Yeah. Whatever. Like, you know. Um, and then I started integrating my stencils with these, uh, you know, I'd, I'd make a different background or something and then paint, paint over the entire yeah. painting. And then there was this one time, I painted over this awesome landscape painting and I thought, Oh man, I think I just ruined this thing. <laughs> it would have been so much cooler if I would have just integrated my work in with it. Right. You know, this is, this is what might be kind of like a boring landscape painting, but, but I can add a little action to it. Right. And throw uh, your flair into there. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm always, I'm always thinking about mass producing stuff, you know, uh, cause I, by selling these records, when I first started out, I was selling them for 20 bucks a piece. Um, and I, you know, the first few years of, of doing it full time, uh, I, I was just making it kind of on that bulk. Uh, you know, I was, I would make sure that I was selling a, a bunch of these. A month. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I started looking for ways to make prints of these, these landscape paintings that I was messing around with. And, and so a, a large portion of what I do is kind of geared to that. Now, okay. Uh, kind of doing more print print work. Which <clears throat> which artists do you dig? Like who? Uh, I'm I'm guessing you've been you've dug art even before yeah. you actually started putting paint to canvas or 
paint to stencil. Yeah. Like who who were the artists that are like, hey, that is super cool, or the ones that got you got you going? Um, Frank Frazetta is one of my favorite all time. I don't artists. know who he is, but he did, he's like um, a fantasy artist, and um, you know, warriors, large breasted women, <laughs> monsters. Okay. Um, my brother, I've got three older brothers. And uh, the closest one to my age is 13 years older than me. So okay. <laughs> I, I, I was exposed to a lot of culture that I normally wouldn't have been. Sure. Um, but there's this movie called Frank Frazetta. Or Frank Frazetta. There's this movie called Fire and Ice that Frank Frazetta worked on with um, Ralph Bakshi. He did the animated Lord of the Rings and yeah. Wizards and uh, Cool World. Okay. Uh, so his style is like he uses like a lot of rotoscoping where you film something and then you you animate the cells. Okay. So this this movie Fire and Ice looks like a Frank Frazetta painting, like real mm, nice I'll oil backgrounds. Oh, it's awesome. Um, so Ralph Bakshi, Frank Frazetta. Um, I loved Ren and Stimpy as a kid. So um, <laughs> John John King, I can't remember his yeah, his last name. Um, yeah, all that all that goofy stuff. I thought you were gonna say Warhol for a little bit, for a bit. You know, I could I've I could see that uh, just just with like the repetition that he does, and and uh, he does silk he he did silk screening. Yeah, uh, which I think is a pretty similar process and look to to stenciling. Um, I I haven't like really got into Warhol too much, but mm. I, I appreciate it. One of my favorite photographers, his name is Robert Maplethorpe. Uh, he's that purple book on my shelf there. Oh, cool. He's mostly known as a photographer, uh, New York in the 70s and 80s. But when he started taking pictures with Polaroids, you could take the top layer of a Polaroid, you would, you would soak it in water, and then you could take that top layer off and it would turn almost into a silk screen. And you could just slap it down on something. Yeah, and print you could it? just slap it down on well, not even print it, you just slap it down and it'll just coat it. Cool. So <clears throat> it's hard to do because that is, I mean, it's micro, micro thin. Sure. But if you're capable, so it's gonna get all distorted and and the colors are gonna fade because there's a ton of colors left. Yeah. It's only that top layer. But he started out doing something like that too. And um, it's like that is super well for him. He disregarded the mixed media and just stuck with photography. Uh, but it was super interesting and cool to see what he actually did make. And th- I mean, he was buddy. Well, I don't know if he was buddies, but he was colleagues with Warhol. Cool. So maybe he thought, you know what, this guy's doing a lot of this. I need to do. I need to focus on this the, this other thing that. Yeah that I would rather do. Um, so I'll definitely need to check out those people that yeah. you. Could I plug a couple more artists? Sure. I'm into? Uh, there's this local guy in Seattle named Ed Lerner. Um, he tattoos up at artful Dodger tattoo in mm-hmm. Capitol Hill. Um, the artful Dodger. Yeah. That's a good name. He's, he's colorblind man. <gasps> and he, he lays his inks out in the same order every time. So he knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. But because he's colorblind, he has a real amazing command of gradients. Like he, right. can, he can do like the, the shadows and the in-between colors amazingly. That is, is that deserves a documentary right oh, there. Man. He's a really interesting dude. Fantastic artist. He's mm. like one of those guys that uh, he, 
he has an idea of what he wants and then immediately has like the clarity of vision to execute. What it. kind of colorblind do you know? Like can he I think it's um like red green kind of blends together. Yeah. Um I think it's like the common common standard <clears throat> colorblindness. Yeah, your run of the mill colorblindness. Yeah. That is that's super interesting. <laughs> it he does some rad work. He he's really into uh kind of spaced out stuff. Uh do you have tattoos? I don't have any. Really? How uh, do how have you escaped living here and not have any tattoos? I don't know. I don't know. I um Well it's time. It's time. <laughs> Give that a call. <laughs> I actually told him last time I saw him, I was like, you know, man, I think I've I've hung out to I, I've used up my time hanging out in tattoo shops without getting a tattoo. <laughs> I think I probably should get one, otherwise I can't come hang out with you anymore. He's like, Yeah. <laughs> come get one. Oh, if I hung out at tattoo shops, oh forget it. I would be a sideshow freak. <laughs> It's like everything else. I just want more and more. Well, let's take a quick break. Cool. Um, and then we'll talk more about your art, where it's taking you, and uh, how it's had, well, I'm assuming here a little bit, but how it's had healing effects on you. Let's talk about that. So we'll be right back. When I needed updated content for my small business website, I was worried because I didn't have a very large marketing budget. But then I found Carlos at CZ Media. He gave me a budget-friendly quote and delivered the high-quality content I was looking for. I would recommend you check him out. All of his information is in the show notes. And we're back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Add a little bit anticlimactic. <laughs> so you <clears throat> you're going through your process, and what uh, what was the next step? What was the next step from from the well taking all of these inspirational uh, components of these? Or did you have uh, you mentioned Ed Lerner? And was there another Seattle guy or was there another pivotal guy um, that you that you dug or dig? You know, um, right now, I, I got to say, um, Ryan Henry Ward, he's a local Seattle guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of got started right around the same time. He's a muralist. And, okay. Uh, like with spray paint? I think he, he starts out with spray paint and then he, he fills it out by hand painting. Okay. But uh, we got our start probably within a month or two of each other. Okay. Um, so one of my first shows in Seattle, he, he had been the, the artist at this cafe, uh, the previous month. And then, and then I came in, but he's done like 200 murals in Seattle. Wow. I mean, he's really prolific and, and always working. So it's, it's always inspirational for me to see somebody who, who has that discipline just to keep plugging away and, yeah. and um, just keep doing it. Yeah. There's another dude uh, I follow on Instagram, uh, Skinner. His his handle Skinner. is uh, at the Art of Skinner. Okay. Um, and and uh, he does just really gnarly stuff, like a lot of album covers. And uh, he's another guy. Like I'll I'll be scrolling through my feed, and I'm like, man, this guy is on it. I I what am I doing on Instagram? I need to go do some. <laughs> I need to get back in the studio and paint something. I mean, he's very inspirational. Um, Art for me has kind of been uh, like a 
like a big solo journey, you know, like mm. it's cool to see these other, other dudes out there, other, other people like doing their thing. And, um, I, like I mentioned before, I kind of started as a means of procrastination sure. and I never really had, um, uh, many teachers, you know? So self-taught. Yeah. It's all, I've been pretty much all self-taught. Um, so to kind of, I think lead into, uh, the, the healing aspect of sure. art for me. Um, right about the time that I was, I was really starting to be gung ho about going full time. Um, I quit my job and I proposed to my girlfriend on the same day. You know, there's, there's certain times you can, you can feel like you're, you're at the edge of destiny. You know, you, yeah. you have certain blocks you're going to put into place that are become a foundation. And I, I was, I was very aware of that. Um, and then my buddy and I left on this road trip to go to the four corners of the U.S. And we were hitchhiking, ride sharing. Uh, a lot of a lot of Craigslist rides came oh, about from that there. Sounds scary. I mean, it it was the whole idea was pretty counterintuitive to uh, what we've been told since we were kids. You yeah. know, don't get into cars with strangers, right. <laughs> and, and that's that's all we were doing. Uh, I went to school for writing, and I wanted to write a great American novel. There you go. And um, everything I was doing was based on how well of a story I'd be able to tell. So I probably uh, would make a different decision in a few places uh, in hindsight. Um, but I got some good stories to tell. There you so, go. Uh, we well, got, hold on. You pro, you quit your job. Yeah. What were you, what job did you have? What were you doing? I was a molding vendor for a hardware store. So oh, that sounds I, boring, I would actually. go in and take their inventory and then order all the parts that they needed and then stock. Uh, yeah. I think I would stock before I ordered. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. I, <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah. I and then that. you, then you proposed. Yeah. Yeah. I quit my job. Went to her parents' house to ask for permission. I was Ooh, like, there you go. hey, Good so man. I just quit my job. I'm going to do this thing where I'm going to kind of drop off the face of the earth for a few months. And uh, I'd like to marry your daughter. And and uh, he looked up at me. He's like, oh, okay. Well, at least you're taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right. Thanks. How long have you guys been dating? Uh, man, we'd been dating like three years, I think. So I'm assuming she said yes. She said yes. Excellent. This will be our 10th anniversary this year. Congratulations. Thank you. Hey, it's my 10th this year, too. Hey, congratulations. Mm. <laughs> it's rare you hear people say 10 years. Yeah, we made it this Nowadays. far. Nowadays. It's like, we're champs. Yeah. Well, that's all. So, <clears throat> that, so you asked her dad, and he's like, I would have, he didn't say anything like, do you think it's a good idea to quit your job? <laughs> Well, like, it was a done deal at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I was officially uh, self-employed at, at that point. Like, did you think it was a good idea to quit your job and get married? I was, I was pretty confident in myself. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's, you got to be confident in yourself. If you're, hey. if you're ever going to do anything big. Yeah. Um, so she said, yes, she said, yes. I leave on this trip. Wait, hold on. Did yeah. she go with you on this trip? No. So no, this was like my vision quest. She, uh, <laughs> so you s said, will you marry me? She says yes. And then you're like, okay. I'm out of here. I'm out. Is <laughs> yeah, that? Pretty much. I mean, she, she <laughs> knew that I was doing this. I, I, uh, oh, okay. This, you didn't I've been playing this, this for a few years. You know, I've oh, been, okay. I've been reading a lot of Jack Kerouac and Hunter S. Thompson. Oh, yeah. and, and I just decided I needed a, a trip of my own. Yeah. To see this country. Um, 
So we got to the first corner. We got to Bar Harbor, Maine. My my buddy and I caught a ride to Boston, and then um, and so then from f- here, from, from Seattle, here. yeah. First, you, you got to Maine, yeah. Um, and then and then we were on our way down to Florida Keys. We we're gonna go down the East Coast. Um, and uh, it, wait, so how does that work? So you, what were the 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 transportation that you had? Was it mostly Craigslist? Mostly Craigslist rideshare. So you're like, you're in Seattle and you put it at, it's like, Hey, I want to go to Maine who can take me as close as possible. Well, you know, we were, we were more pragmatic and we were just thinking, okay, this is going to be a baby steps thing, you know? So take me to Spokane. Yeah. Yeah. Actually our first ride, this dude, um, had a car that, that needed driven to, uh, Minneapolis. So oh. we're like, oh yeah, we could do that. <laughs> when do you, how long do, do you need it driven? You know? Uh, so, so that was your first, that was our first ride. So your first leg was from here to Minneapolis. Yeah. That yeah. was a good, uh, it's, it's, it's a huge. good chunk. Yeah. It's half, I think pretty much. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> kind of at the last minute, the dude was like, uh, you know, we don't really feel comfortable just giving you this car to drive. Um, I'm going to drive it, but you can still come along. So he didn't charge us for gas. And, and um, so technically he didn't need you. He didn't need us. And he drove pretty much the entire way. So I think he just wanted company pretty much. Yeah. I'm just, that's understandable. Yeah. And we did it straight. We did it in like 32 hours. Holy man. It was, was nuts. Man alive. That's yeah, a long trip. It was. It really was. I think at one point we stopped at a rest stop for two hours and he caught a wink. Yeah. But other than that, he was up the whole time. It's like, I got to go. We got to go. <laughs> yeah. Minnesota's a calling. Yeah. Hmm. So once we got to Minnesota, we stayed with a buddy of mine and uh, he had a real corporate job and was just looking to kind of break out a bit. So he, he was like, oh, you guys are going on this big trip. Well, I'll take you to Chicago. So, <laughs> so we, we went to Chicago and, and stayed with, I think, I think she was his ex-girlfriend or they were still together. I can't remember, yeah. but we stayed, we stayed, uh, in Chicago for a few days and then it was, it was Craigslist rides from there on out. I think we got to, from Chicago to Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh to Niagara Falls, we didn't have a place to stay there. So we ended up camping out on goat Island, which is this little Island in the falls between the U S and Canada. Like you, you had tents. We had tents. Yeah. Um, and then I think we caught a ride to, to Maine or we were hitchhiking a lot in New York and we ended up in a cop car pretty much every single time we tried hitchhiking (laughs) in New York state, like arrested. No, no, we never got arrested, but they would say, you can't hitchhike here get in the back. Uh, and then the cop would take you. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were camped out at uh, a rest stop and uh, this, this cop woke us up in the middle of the night, blasts my buddy in the face with a, with the flashlight. Yeah. He's like, wake up. You can't, you can't be here. You need to have a car if you're going to be at the, the rest stop. And my friend was like, who are you guys? <laughs> You know, he couldn't see her. He was just blinded by the light. He's yeah. New York State Patrol. Oh, all right, fine. <laughs> and they just took us to the middle of this field. I'm like, okay, you could stay here. Oh, my goodness. Where are <laughs> they we? They just dumped you. They just pretty much dumped us, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, and then I think we caught a train to New York City. And um, we, were, we were on the verge of camping out in Central Park. 
And uh, a friend of a friend came through and was like, yeah, you can crash here. And I'm so glad we didn't do that. It would have been such a bad idea. Yeah. Um, I remember telling this story to someone a few years later and they're like, I camped out in Central Park once and um, and I got robbed. And I was like, oh, well, geez, <laughs> glad we got to and sleep yep. on someone's floor. It, <laughs> so pretty much as expected. Yeah, yeah, it was like worst case scenario. Yeah. Uh, so from New York City, we we got a ride to Bar Harbor and then down to Boston and then Philadelphia. And when we were in Philadelphia, it was like um, it was kind of mid-June and 103 degrees and super humid. So. Yeah, muggy. Yeah. The other website we were using a lot of was couchsurfing.com. So we had a couchsurfing right. spot set up. And I remember that website. Yeah. Yeah, Airbnb just kind of took them yeah. over, I guess. Um, but we just wanted to go swimming, you know. And right. The, our host was real nice. I was like, oh, I know this swimming hole. So we go out there, and it's just packed. Everybody's out. And uh, people are doing crazy backflips from really high up. And we we started jumping from this spot that was kind of right in the middle. It's a Is this a creek, a, a pool, or? Yeah, we found out the locals called it Devil's Pond. Okay. Um, because of all the injuries that happened. Oh, man. So um, I grew up around here, you know. I I used to swim out in the Puget Sound as a kid, and I've always considered myself a pretty strong swimmer. Yeah. And uh, jumped off this spot, felt pretty confident. And the next time I dove off, and there were so many people behind me, I couldn't I couldn't push off very well. So I pretty much went pretty much went straight up and straight down. Okay. And I hit this shallow spot that I was unaware of. I ended up breaking my neck. Head first? Well, I dove. So I, I think I was in your standard diving position and I'm pretty sure I, I, I broke a finger in that, but Oy. Um, that wasn't really treated. <laughs> they were like, you got a broken neck. Well, we, we'll deal with this. Uh, oh my goodness. And Philadelphia is like one of the best places in the U S to, to break your neck uh they have one of the better centers for for dealing with this for spinal injuries yeah and i had lost um so was it was it shallow and then a like a a a sharp drop it was a sharp drop from from this uh spot that i jumped off of and i guess right next to the 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 cliff wall it was a little shallower Mm. and so I just didn't clear that spot that second time I jumped. Um, so I ended up having a, a burst fracture. So it was like the weight of my body uh, exploded the front half of my six vertebrae. Yeah. So when they, when they operated on me, they found that that six vertebrae didn't really have anywhere they could anchor anything to it. So I ended up having my fifth, sixth and seventh vertebrae fused together. Hmm. Um, so th- Look, the, who pulled you out? I mean, devastated. My, my buddy jumped in after me, and so uh, it was pretty obvious from the get go that the, this jump did not go. Uh, I think so. I think so because uh, I, I had enough air in my lungs to pull me to the surface, and then he jumped once it once I kind of so you the area. floated up on top and you're out. Yeah. Well, I was awake. I was like hyper hyper realism. I remember everything, and I was immediately numb from my chest down. And then my elbows to my fingertips. Oy. I'd seen this movie um, called Murderball. This is this documentary yeah. um, about quadriplegic rugby? And so I, I knew that um, 
you could have a spinal injury and and maybe use your hands or it wasn't it sure. wasn't like everything from the neck down right um so i as they were pulling me out of the water first thing i did was i wiggled my toe and i was like okay the electricity's going there cool yeah <laughs> i can't really feel it but i can move it and then i went to make a fist and i could hardly close my hand hmm. um and i ended up losing 60% strength in my my right hand and 40 in my left hmm. so um it was it was pretty gnarly, like just deciding to be an artist uh, and really committing myself to it. And then, you know, having my my biggest resources become unavailable. Yeah. Uh, but the, so how long were you that? How long were you in Pittsburgh? Uh, I was it was Philadelphia. Or but I was in I was in Philly for nine days, I think, um, maybe 10. But I was in. ICU for two days, a normal hospital bed for one or two days. And then the rest of the time was spent in inpatient rehab. Um, but everything, I mean, as far as like the, the healing process went, it was really ideal for me. You know, everything kind of, kind of came back. It was, it was like my body went through a hard reset. So I got home. I spent like, um, maybe a week living in my parents' house. Um, and then I, I went back to my place, which was this this party house with all my best friends. Yeah. <laughs> and rent was like 200 bucks a month. So I, I had to sell 10 records to cover my rent. I had to sell uh, another 13 to cover my health insurance. Um, you know, I just it was like these little little increments that I had in my head. OK, I got to do this to yeah. to <laughs> to keep the, the wheels greased and all and uh, running. In, in record units. Yeah. Record units. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, you know, I just quit my job. So I had all this time and I just went real hard with art. I did that was, I just totally dedicated myself to it and my craft and did, uh, your family go out too? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, my wife now, you know, she's newly engaged to me. She was on the, the ferry to Bremerton where we were living. Um, when I called, and then she she went back, packed her bags, and then was on the so next flight. So you called she, your family. I made three phone calls. I, I called my brother, my parents, and and uh, you're like, um, and I was like, can you guys handle the rest? And <laughs> holy mac, holy macro! So you nuts. call them and you're like, yeah, you know, I went swimming and I may have broken my neck. Yeah. Well, I didn't call them until after they'd looked at the X-rays and they were they were sure that it was broken. Um, yeah, that was interesting. Jeez. So who did you talk to your dad first or your mom? I think I talked to my mom. Really? I would have thought it would have been the other way around. I think I just called the home phone. So it was whoever answered, you know, they, they, hmm. they still have their landline. Uh, now. Actually, I would have told, I would have told my mom first. My dad would have been like, okay, here's your mom. That's what my dad would have done. <laughs> so they they flew out. Yeah, they flew out. Um, and how did you get back here? I flew back. Uh, was that painful? I mean, the hardest part was knowing this trip was over. You know, there you're there was, you're too bummed that your trip was over. Yeah, well, and I I just been dedicating myself so much for uh, for a long time to mentally get ready for this trip. I wasn't ready for it to end on the East Coast. Yeah, I was ready for it to end 
in, in Cape Flattery, Washington, right at right at our corner. Yeah. Um, so that was that was really hard. When I was in the hospital bed, um, for the first two days before my surgery, they said, "Okay, uh, don't move." <laughs> so Did you have the brace on? And I everything? had a neck brace on, and I was just looking at the the ceiling. You oh, know? but they didn't. You didn't have the halo where they drilled into your head. No, they they said that I might wake up from surgery with the halo, but I was really fortunate. Okay, I was in a neck brace for eight weeks, which I think was like the minimum amount of time for any broken bone. Yeah. Um. Yeah, everything was just. I was just really lucky with how it how it came together. I was in in very good hands. You know? mm. That so well. That that that's your story. Right yeah. There. Yeah. So that was that was the start of it. You know and. Um, I'd had a couple art shows uh, prior to that. Um, I got home and I had $180 waiting for me at this bar. And I thought, well, better make this work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing something maybe right. You rub them together. It's like multiply. Yeah. <laughs> so were you, when you realized that you had lost strength and was there any like, uh, um, like movement, like you, your dexterity or your, like you lost strength, but could you still have motion? I can't, um, I'm not saying it correctly. Yeah, yeah I had motion, but I just lost uh, strength. My hands were useless. Like I, I remember it was a very triumphant moment when I could shuffle a, a deck of cards again. Yeah. You know, um, did you get, did you try to paint when you? Oh Yeah. Yeah, even, and it was it where was it working? Was it? I made it work. Yeah, <laughs> I was kind of. I had this uh, this mentality at the time where I I was gonna make whatever I did work. I was gonna yeah. be successful no matter what. Uh, so I was, I I was plugging away at, at this stenciling, and a lot of times I I had to I, I had to manually adjust the exacto blade with the other hand in my hand. And, yeah. You know, and it took two hands to spray paint. I had to hold it with one hand, hold right. the can with one hand, and then press the button with the other. So, uh, I I definitely was um, I don't know. I wasn't very graceful with it. Yeah. <laughs> it was very clumsy, but but I made it work. But yeah, to stuck with it. Well, that's good that you didn't um, <clears throat> like it. Stay angry, or yeah, even I if mean, you were angry, stay angry. I had a football player on a couple show, a few shows ago. And he had a really good rookie season playing for the Detroit Lions. And then he got traded here to the Seahawks. And in the first or second preseason game, he tore his, he tore ligaments or cartilage in his shoulder and was out for the whole year. And then came back the following year. And then I believe it was the last preseason game, the last play he ruptured his Achilles and that pretty much. So he never got to play and like never uh, got to play uh, for the Seahawks. <clears throat> oh man. Uh, but I, one of the things I asked him was like, how did you not stay angry? It's like, especially when you have something that you love to do that is now being affected by this, this uh, injury. It's like, how do you not just stay? And I mean, his, his response was, you know, I, love this and I'm going to keep on doing it anyway. So would it, would that be similar to, I I'd say so, you know, it was, um, 
I viewed it as an obstacle more than a, a roadblock. Yeah. You know, it was something I was going to finish. I mean, right. Um, yeah. So for the next year after this, I just dedicated myself to my art and just getting strong. Mm. Uh, Did your art change? I think it got better because I was just dedicating all my time to it. I was so focused on it that I, I was getting those level ups a lot yeah. faster. Did the, the, like the theme change, did the style change? Like, did you move? Well, I don't know. Like what, did you get darker in the theme? I, I wouldn't say so. No, I, um, I was just kind of honing my skills a bit. So I, I think I, I just got more precise and, um, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it was dark. My, my work's always been pretty lighthearted. I, I try to have so a fun the, time. So you within. stayed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, um, so a year to the day after I broke my neck, I was back in Philadelphia standing in the same spot. And you I, did it again. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't stop me. No, you with, no did way. you get there with Craigslist? ads or did you actually uh i flew out to minneapolis yeah met up with my buddy again he just bought a house and been fired from his job so he was like i'm ready for an adventure let's do this thing so (laughs) he was our driver from minneapolis to uh new orleans i think yeah um and he would have stuck out the whole trip but he had like a family reunion he had to get back to so um we get we got out to Philadelphia and then unfortunately, um, my my other buddy who who pulled me out of the water was yeah. traveling with me. Um, he couldn't make it out uh, until that night, so he mm-hmm. he missed uh, he missed the uh, swimming hole. But we picked him up afterwards. Something else that's kind of interesting. After this first trip, uh, he became like a full time poker player. And then I became a full-time artist. So it was, it was a really defining time for both of us. But That's uh, interesting. So that's, he's a, he's a pro. Yeah. I don't even know what he does now. He plays a lot of pinball, but I don't think he makes, <laughs> he pays his rent with that. Does he live here? He's, he's in Kitsap County. He's, mm. he's outside of Bremerton. There's a, it's funny how many pinball, what are they called? Ping? Pinball. pinball. Yeah. It's getting big these days. And there's uh they're showing up in bars and, yeah, there's flip flip ding dong in Georgetown. Have you been there? I haven't. No, it's I've heard cool. of it though. It's that they just have pinball machines and then you can go and buy cheap beer. Yeah, I've got my work at um, Full Tilt Ice Cream and yeah. they're, they're uh, a lot of pinball. Uh, they do a lot of pinball we did stuff. Uber Eats for Full Tilt Ice Cream once. Did you? Yeah. Cool. That's when we realized that, man, yeah, we're. We're living in this. We're living in a funny age. Yeah. It's like, I want ice cream. Like, let's Uber eat ice cream. Cool. So you, <clears throat> and I, we sort of just glossed over it, but a year later, you broke your neck, literally. And then you're like, you know what? I'm going to go conquer this. Yeah. I'm going to go conquer this jump again. I would have gone crazy if I hadn't. But um, um, <clears throat> yeah, I finished the trip. Were you married then? No. Um, so it was a long engagement. It was. Yeah. We got engaged, um, May, 2008. Did anyone try to talk you out of this? Uh, yeah, I think so. But 
No. Yeah, it wasn't happening. Yeah, I think hmm. especially the second time. But you know, I knew I could have a pack. I could carry a pack. I could I could walk a long ways at that point. Did you? So you? But you were there by yourself. Um. Or was there another buddy who joined you for the second trip? For the second trip, there was pretty much three of us oh, okay. until uh, New Orleans, and then we were back to Craigslist. So two buddies saw. Two buddies or one one buddy saw you take that second jump. Yeah. Yeah. We actually stayed with the same uh couch surfing host. Yeah. And um there's this this great picture uh my friend took where I'm jumping, I'm doing like this arms out wide, and I'm, I'm jumping in, and this 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 poor lady, our host, she's just standing behind me with her hand over her mouth. And I mean she's She's pretty small in the picture, but you yeah. can see her eyes are are super wide. Like, oh man, I hope he doesn't get hurt again. Oh man! But there definitely was more water, and I I was able to clear that shallow spot. But uh, that is insane. You are bonkers. Crazy, yeah. You are bonkers. We, we had this um, this little saying that we we'd say to ourselves um, was momentum, ambition, patience. Okay. So you could get that tattooed. I could. That's sure. your tattoo. Yeah, it was. Uh, we just say map, momentum, ambition, patience. You know, and that when you're waiting on the side of the road for somebody to pick you up, you have to have patience. You know, <laughs> but when you get a couple rides in a day, you, you ride it out as long as you can. You yeah, know? you keep that momentum going, <clears throat> and you don't think small. You know, have that ambition. That is insane. That is nuts. Um, I, I can't. I, yeah, I don't think I would have. I don't think I would have done that. Or who knows? Maybe I would have. Yeah, but that is nuts. But I think I would have been the buddy who have said, who would have told you, you know, do you think this is a good idea? But then I would have seen you stuck to your stick to your guns, and then I would have said, okay, I'll go with you then. I think most of the people that would have tried to talk me out normally, I was living with, so they they had uh, seen how determined I was. You know, hmm. wasn't gonna let a broken neck stop me. <laughs> <laughs> words to live by people yeah. i mean as you know my my head wasn't crooked when i when i was first in the water i couldn't hold my head up straight and um you know i had a hard time paddling in the water you know if, uh, but it was it was nice getting fixed up oh man <laughs> that is nuts well i know you are t- a tad bit tad sensitive what did i say you are a tad bit time sensitive yeah, that's cool. That didn't come out right at all that first time. <laughs> like, what the heck did I just I'm, say? I'm still getting used to time anyway, you know. <laughs> because I do want to talk about the, like, what, like, what, um, where people can see your art. Sure. Where's your next thing up? Did you want to schedule round two? Oh, uh, sure. Because you said earlier yeah, that your great. wife might be waiting and I don't want to be the uh, cause <laughs> of you being late. So you tell me. Um, how long do you think round two will take? I don't another, know. Another, yeah, sure, let's do a round two. Round two? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm sorry, round two like now? Oh. Or uh, round two later, like another day? You tell me. You know what, let's do it now. You sure? Sure. Okay. Yeah, we're on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So you 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 conquer this was it Devil's Pond? Yeah. You conquer Devil's Pond. Um and then does the does that supercharge? Oh, it felt great. Yeah, I mean I was 
I, I think so. You know, just, um, just getting in that water again was, uh, was such a relief. I remember the, the walk along the path in this park, yeah. you know, and just, just how different everything was. The, the day that I'd broken my neck, it was just sweltering, you know, and it was, it was just a much, um, I don't know, much more calm and relaxed yeah. day in general. And you're, when you do that second, when you, a year later, uh, had you been a full-time artist for that, for, for that, that year? year? Yeah. Wow. So you built, you were full-time artist and recovering from a broken neck. Yeah. Like That's all I was. <laughs> that was it, man. <laughs> and Wyndham. So let's fast forward a little bit. Yeah. Where were you normally working out of during this time? Your like your apartment, your house? Yeah, just uh, just this house. And then um, just spray arting. painting in the front yard. Um, and um, so I've always I've always uh, done a lot of art that I can like. I've never I never like tag stuff. I, I try to respect private property and, <laughs> and uh, not mess with stuff that isn't mine. Yeah. But, um, but. I, I like free art, you know, I, I like to, I like to put it out there and, um, you know, hang it on a telephone pole, make yeah. it something that people can take home or, or uh, somebody can clean up after me without being upset. Right. In that regard. So no, that's fun. I had, um, I painted this three foot by four foot, chunk of plywood uh with with the fonts on it he's giving the thumbs up and he's all happy drilled it into a telephone pole and um <laughs> and uh somebody took it down and they they went to this restaurant um across town this is in Bremerton and they they dragged it out they carried this thing out there and they're like we think you could, would really like this in your restaurant <laughs> And and they loved it. They put it in their their little employee smoking area. There the you back. go. So um, I answered this Craigslist ad for some free windows. Someone had had remodeled their their house, and was like, "Oh, I'll paint on that. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Anything I don't have to pay for to paint on. <laughs> awesome." So I I showed the the lady some of my work, and she was like, "You know, I think you'd I think your art would be really well at this restaurant down the street. You should check it out." So I did, and introduce myself and there's this girl I went to high school with that worked there and she said uh come with me I need to show you something she took me in the back and was like did you do this it was, just, it was the funds and uh my art's been there ever since very cool they, they've um what did you paint on the windows uh you know I actually still have some of them I haven't even used them all that was probably 2009 that was like 10 years ago uh but what did I do? I would do these sugar skulls. I had a cool stencil Ooh. for these sugar skulls. Um, I love sugar skulls. Yeah, they're, they're cool, man. Um, and it was a nice, simple, like three layer stencil. Fun thing about painting on glass is you can paint on both sides. Yeah. So it adds a little bit of depth to it. Right. Um, I had a, another artist here um, a couple of months ago, Evan Peterson, and that's his primary canvas. Cool recycled windows and he paints in reverse. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I have a piece hanging in the, in the green room. I'll say it's the green room that I'll show you, but it's a, it's a really interesting process. Like when the windows make good, 
yeah. canvases. And plus, it's easy to hang, although they are heavy. I have to get a heavy-duty hook sure. to hang it. Um, so you're, when did you, had you, I know that you, you've been at Pike Place Market for over a year. Yeah, just over a year, just barely. Yeah. Did you have any other studio space before that, or has that been your your was that your first um, location? Well, that's my first store. I I do a little bit of work in there, but I have a studio that's um, it's just a garage that I rent out. Um, you know, spray painting makes a pretty big mess. So, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I try not to subject my neighbors at the market to that. Uh, I've been at the market for about a year, and. Um, I've got my work uh, in Bremerton at a couple places. Uh, Hilo's 15th Street Cafe is where uh, where the Fonz is. <laughs> I painted another one for them that's in their bathroom. Um, <laughs> they have a disco ball. If you ever use the bathroom, throw the disco ball on. Nice. Um, and then there's another place. Uh, it's a Belgian fry house called Fritz Fries. Okay. And then on Seattle side, I've got um, uh, Full Tilt Ice Cream. Uh, the I think... Four locations. They're they're White Center, U District, Capitol Hill, and Ballard. And then in Fremont, I've got my work at a uh, comedy club called Theater Sports. Okay. Um, I think that's the the collection. Yeah, that's a lot of places. Oh, and a uh, barber shop on um, Highway ninety nine on Aurora <laughs> called Prana Cuts. Very cool. That is so that. Yeah, I wish I made stuff that people would wanna. Put up in businesses. I mostly do picture like portraits and cool. do that stuff. I'll show you some of the the um I've been doing acrylic art pours. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It's I want to say that I'm the only dude that does it. Because if you go to YouTube, you'll see dozens and dozens <laughs> and dozens of of women that do this art primarily. Hmm. So I'll say that I'm the only oh there it is. That one. Cool. Like it. Um, and I'm gonna <clears throat> my little my little I, I have about fifteen or twenty of them. They're gonna be at the Chop House Row Art Walk cool next week. Um, that's right in my neighborhood. Yeah, I'll check it out. It's um you know, it is a weird feeling. Well, first of all, it's a weird feeling putting a number on them. Like I don't know the if if you share this where it's like how I made it like I just want someone to tell me how much they're willing to pay for it. That's a weird thing. Pricing is difficult to price it. You know, um, I look at it as if I were a car salesman. You know, you got to have the Cadillacs on the lot to draw people in. Yeah. But, you know, not everybody wants wants one. You know, you got to have something for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I always try to have a couple big pieces. That's that's where it's nice to have prints come in and you know right. you're doing photography and stuff like that. Even even um, this acrylic pour stuff, you know, you can do it any size canvas. Um, yeah, yeah, those are. I, <clears throat> I'm still. Um, I haven't done a really big one yet, but yeah, I think that I'm. I think that I'm basically just gonna come close to giving them away. Mostly, I just want to get rid of all of them because I want to make more. Sure, <laughs> I don't have the room for it. <laughs> I think I'm gonna uh, one of my one of my good friends. She works with a lot of charities. I think I'm just gonna put a price on them and say half half it's gonna go to this charity. Cool, just to entice people to uh, 
to to buy them. <clears throat> but the like what was the the motivation to get the store at at Pike Place? Um because that's like a I kind of failed my way into it to tell you the truth. Yeah. Um you know, I, I, up until I had the the shop, I was doing a lot of festivals and markets and any place I could set up my my tent and yeah. peddle my wares, I w- I would. Um, Is it all you, or did you have people to to be at some of the like? Let's say you were double booked. Did you have buddies or friends uh, to help you? I I double booked myself for one weekend when I first uh, was hitting the festival circuit hard. Yeah, um, and I did have to get some friends to help out. Um, but it, you know, it was a good challenge. I'm glad I did it, and I'm glad I I got through that weekend. You know, um, I also had to double my inventory, so that was that was probably the most <laughs> stressful thing. It was like, well, oh, better better get painting. You know, artists under the gun. Yeah, that's that's an interesting concept. Artists who have to make stuff for a set date. I have this other friend who's doing making some pieces for an exhibition coming up next month and it's like when i chat with him he's like you know what i can't chat because every waking hour has to be dedicated to making these pieces (laughs) for this show (laughs) when you're on you're on you know especially like when you're in that groove and you know the the pressure's kind of adding up but the what's the biggest piece you've done you mentioned the big canvas that you did uh in sharpie yeah what have you beat that in, as far as size goes, I have. Yeah. Um, I tend to, to get ahead of myself when I try a new medium, you know, I'll have like a vision <laughs> in my head and I'm like, okay, I think I, I know how to do that. So I, I did, um, I did a mural for a, a brewery in Bremerton that was out of bottle caps and, uh, it took me two years to do. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it was, <laughs> my wife and I had, uh, that's a lot of beer. It, it was, it was, um, I actually had to call up a brewery and say, Hey, um, I love your beer. Uh, I need like 500 caps and I just, um, you know, each bottle came out to like a dollar and a quarter, which I was, I was happy to drink my way through, but right. I really wanted to get that project done. So before that your add, liver gives out, they would have probably add another year or so on it. Yeah. Uh, and they were really kind and, and sent me, uh, sent me a bunch of green caps. That is cool. Yeah. That's cool. when companies do that. Yeah. It was rad. I should probably give them a plug. I never, I never actually posted on social media, but thanks, thanks Sierra Nevada. There we go. Sierra Nevada. Yeah. Thank you for <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for saving Dave's liver. Yeah, <laughs> although, uh, uh, although, uh, yeah, it would have been uh, it would have been fun to have drank your way through all that. I we, had a lot of help. <clears throat> uh, ooh, now that if you did bottle caps, how about wine corks? That's interesting. I could, I could try wine corks. I'll have to think of something big and and uh, ambitious. We drink our way through wine cork. We could drink our way through wine corks. We nice. have. Uh, a few hundred now I've been wanting to do something, but I'm too lazy. So, um, the, so Pike place, how interesting, exciting, weird is having a shop at Pike place market. It's, it's awesome. Uh, it's, it's been a long time since I've had to be somewhere five days a week. Yeah. So I, I think I'm used to that. Um, 
I've actually, the last few months, I think I've been showing up like three days a week, but I have a really awesome employee who holds it down. And, well, that's good. Uh, and he lives right by the market, so uh, he's he's always right there anyway. And you have, uh, so it's it's a full-on store. How much of your inventory do you keep there? Um, I have a lot of it, but I, I have, a, I have a, a lot of inventory in general. Um, so most of, well, I don't know about most, but... Um, maybe half, half of it's there, half of it's in my studio. Cause I, I still do some events, uh, where I break out the canopy and, and bend out of there. So I, um, you know, art's kind of tough to have, uh, two inventories for. So there's certain things that are, that are just at the store. There's certain things that are just in the, the studio. And who is your main customer at the store? Is it there's tourists. a lot of tourists. Um, we're we're looking at um, cruise ship season starting pretty yeah. seriously. So a lot of a lot of folks from and all over the country. That's so awesome. I mean, that's it's perfect of what you do because it's easily transportable. Yeah. Well, at least the 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 records are. And I think even from seeing your booth a few times at Crypticon, I think the most of it is easily transportable, isn't it? It's pretty flat and stackable yeah and, you know so it's got to be it's got to be able to fit into my subaru app back i have to fit everything <laughs> in there so so yeah you don't have that uh ex- people don't have that excuse of hey i don't want to take this in luggage or right or anything it's it's uh it's it's easy user yeah. i can ship also do do people post and tag you on stuff like do you know how far your art has gone um people don't tag me enough one of the hardest things about having a store that I totally didn't plan on or expect, um, the way my store is set up is one side is all windows. And uh, I totally feel like I'm a zoo exhibit sometimes. <laughs> you know, I can't eat a sandwich without somebody walking by and they're taking a picture of a painting over my shoulder. I'm like, Ugh. But I, I, I can't stand... Uh, the photographers that just pretty much right click all my work, you know, and uh, <laughs> I always just a, a little word of advice to all you folks out there. If you see something you like, ask for permission. Most people are pretty cool. I'll, yeah, I'll give you a business card and ask for a tag or a follow. Right now, that is so rude to take pictures of people's art. It and I think that just in general, that's a no no. Yeah, I th- I think it's a good rule of thumb to don't to don't have. do it. Although I'll admit I may have done it. I, I, I did it a few weeks ago at a, uh, a, a winery. They had a really, an artist had some of his art up, but I took a picture of it because I liked the colors, the, the color scheme that he was sure. using. And I wanted to duplicate the color feeling in one of these acrylic artboards, but I felt yeah. guilty doing it. Like I, like I <laughs> pull on a caper. <laughs> Although the people who worked at the winery wouldn't have cared, sure, because it wasn't their, <clears throat> it wasn't their stuff. Uh, but I, but yeah, I, I that's that's a that's a no. Um, d- depending on how standoffish yeah. I am, if it's a slow day and no one's buying anything, I'll say, "Hey, man, I, I can't pay my rent with pictures on your phone. I got to put them on your wall." Exactly. <laughs> now, what can I so, sell yeah, you? That'll be so. Do you <laughs> you should uh, well. You mentioned before that you your Instagram game needs to get better. Yeah, I'm not the best at that. Like, the, <laughs> like, like, uh, do like a call for people to tag you on stuff to see how far it is. Because wouldn't it be cool if like it was like 
like a bunch in Russia. I know there's a few that have made it out of the country. Um, but yeah, it would be cool to see the reach of it, you know, how far it's gone. What's the, do you do any like current affair type of figures? Like, would you do a Putin one or, uh, um, I've done some political ones and they always just fall flat on their face, but I do have, um, I do have a painted record of Sarah Palin in a, an American flag bikini rocking a gun. The gun. Yeah. I got one left. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, you know, I never get, I never get offended with art because it's art. Like, yeah. That's the whole, I mean, that's one of the beauties of being an American is we can do whatever we want when it, when it comes to that. Um, <clears throat> the only time when I saw something, I thought, you know what? I don't like that was when we were at some market and they took, they took political figures and then painted, uh, drew them in like, you know, the Mexican candles with the Virgin Mary. Mm-hmm. They put political figures in that same sainthood style and put them on candles. Where'd you see that? I don't remember. I have a, I have a buddy who does that. His name's John Suferling. And, uh, oh, sorry, microphone. Um, <laughs> no worries. Uh, he has, like, a real good uh, feel of, of the pulse of what's happening in the world. It's like, yeah. it's either like celebrities that are about to die or, <laughs> or up and coming political, political figures. I think it was, I don't remember what political figures, but I saw, and then I thought actually what I, <laughs> the first thing that I thought, which I don't really think this, but I just, it would have just been a hype. It would have been a, a facetious statement, exaggerated, like going up to him <laughs> and who knows if he was the artist or not working at the, at the table but i would have said you know you are misappropriating my culture and putting your political figures on something that is very uh very near and dear to a lot of mexicans these virgin mary and G- and i'm not even catholic i would have done it just as a complete goof but i would have <laughs> i was i really really thought about doing it just to see what the response would have been and uh that's the only time. Like everything else, every, I don't know. I don't know why. Just I don't know why specifically that one just got me. Like in even now, <clears throat> it really speaks to a lot of people. His uh, my friend's artwork, at least. Like yeah. I've I've vended next. He to He put him them at, on Campbell's. Can't Campbell's. Yeah. Candles. Mm. Yeah, but he also does posters and stuff. Uh, with, with it might have been. Image. I don't remember where it was. We go to tons of markets and cool. art walks. I don't remember which one, uh, but for the most, I mean, it was only that one. And it's so funny because I've, uh, there's this other artist. He's a Latin guy who, who put a crucifix in a, in a jar of pee. Oh, piss Christ. Yeah. I can't remember the artist's name. I remember the piece. Though. So uh, he, that image, there's a, there's a clothing line called Supreme that put that image on a t-shirt and (laughs) I almost bought it. I would have bought it if they had it in my size, but they didn't. So instead of that, I bought 
a t-shirt that has the monk in the 70s that had em what's it called emulsive no yeah um well set himself emulation yeah the rage against the machine cover is that what it is yeah well they used it but that was a that was a real dude yeah so i have protesting yeah he was protesting and actually wasn't he protesting the war he was protest i don't think well i I don't remember exactly what it was but yes it was it was him there so i do have that t-shirt cool um that i've worn it once out in public and it's a powerful image. It gets it gets it gets stares, but I'm kind of big, so I don't think I'm going to be approached really by anyone. If they do, I that would be like I don't know what my response would be. Snap at him. Be me. <laughs> what are you looking at? <laughs> I'm walking here. <laughs> <laughs> and the other the other crazy one is um do you remember uh, Ghetto Boys? rap group from the early 80s or for late 80s early 90s did they do um that song that was in office space damn it feels good to be a gangster i think so yes okay yeah i know that song so (laughs) they're a three-man group and they have a little person in it and one night he went on this drug-fueled rampage where he gave he was living in this little tiny apartment with his mom he he gave his mom a gun and said, mom, you got to kill me. You got to kill me. And there was a struggle and he ended up shooting himself in the eye. Well, they took him to the hospital and they took a picture. Well, I think afterwards it wasn't when it happened, but he lost an eye. He survived. Yeah, he survived. But the ghetto boys then for their next album, they went to a hospital. They put the, the dude with no eye and a gurney with no patch on. So it's him just with his eye all messed up. And that was their album cover. So I have that t-shirt too of that album cover. And that one gets old. I freaked out a lot of people with that, <laughs> with that t-shirt. Uh, that's, it's fun to do. I like wearing stuff that makes people slightly uncomfortable. Sure. I have a William Burris t-shirt where he has a gun. Doing and- the William tell routine. <clears throat> Is he? Is there an apple on someone's head? No. No, I forget what the quote is. It's a long quote. Oh. But I th- uh, he's like wearing a tweed three-piece suit. Looks very uh, gangsterish. But he's an he's an old guy. Hmm. Um, he was nuts. Yeah, there's because he shot his wife. Like they're living in in like, I think it was in Mexico. Right. And he's like, perhaps we should do the William Tell routine. And she put an apple on her head and he just shot her. Did she die? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure there was drugs involved. In there's, that. yeah. Um, the movie Naked Lunch. Yeah. Uh, with Peter Weller. With Peter Weller. Yeah. Um, that's that's one of the lines in there. He says they're like they're at a party. He's like, perhaps we should do our William Tell routine. I need to refresh my my friend Trish loves Burroughs and Kerouac yeah. and all of those guys. I need to refresh on refresh on them. I haven't. Uh, well, I don't think I've read anything all the way through. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Dave, thank you so much for your time. That's There's so much more we can talk about, and uh, I'll probably ask you in a few weeks, a month. Cool. to come back on and we can talk about some more stuff because breaking your neck wasn't enough for you. <laughs> Every 10 years or so, I, I, I just smash myself to pieces. You have to go, <laughs> you have to go and outdo yourself. 
<laughs> and I, I mean, I, 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 we won't tell people what it is. They'll just have to listen. You'll just have to listen. Uh, but it, I mean, it's the the common denominator here is you gotta keep making art. You gotta keep making it. And uh, and I know that people would be interested in hearing what it is. But I'll put all your links down in the show notes, the description. So follow him on social. Uh, if we get people to follow him, then he'll be more motivated to. I just might use this Instagram. Just might thing. use it. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> I did post today, though. Today? I haven't seen it. Oh, it's nothing special. <laughs> <laughs> Just a bunch of shameless self-promotion. Hey, that's what it's, that's what it's about. Um, but yes, follow him. Um, can people buy your art online? Yeah, I've got a, an Etsy page. Okay. Um, I should have brought business cards with me so I could read it. Uh, Etsy.com backslash shop backslash manticore stencil art. manticore yeah that was my my business name uh when i was first starting out was manticore stencil art okay I just what does some, that mean um i didn't know this at the time but the babylonians considered the manticore to be like the evilest of uh all of their mythological creatures okay that's it's cool sort of a sphinx uh like creature i think it's got a, a large carnivorous cat body with uh, the head of a man with lots of teeth and a scorpion tail. Oh, maybe sounds they, awesome. Maybe they fly. That can be your tattoo, too. That could be my Full tattoo. back piece. <laughs> 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 so I'll link your Etsy page. I'll link your social, uh, your website. But, yeah, go check out his art. It's, it's fun. His art is fun. It's stuff that you'll want a set of actually like I want more. I have the, how would you just, well, I have a record that he stenciled, um, uh, Jack from the shining as he's going through the door, as he's saying, what does he say? Here's Johnny. The here's Johnny face. I have that. And what's so cool is that when the lights are off, it glows a little bit. Cool. You get a little bit of uh, a reflection. Yeah. Cool. So it's like, that's, it's really cool. And he's looking right at my uh, house of a thousand corpses poster. So he's uh, he's like, I could take you on. I really like how that, that silver on there makes it pop. It does. It really does. My mother-in-law saw that. I I did a really big one on a window once and uh, it was for my first art show. And she showed up, she was very supportive of everything. And she's like, Nice job, Dave. <laughs> Except I don't like that one. It makes me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, that's it's a, <laughs> it. It is creepy. I've uh, I've heard creepy multiple times from people coming in here. <laughs> I was like, I have Jason and Michael Myers, and you call Jack creepy. Like success. That means success. <laughs> it's my job. <clears throat> so thank you for your time, everybody. Please go check them out. And uh, get some stuff, support local. That's the new mantra. So, well, not the new mantra, but the continuing mantra. Support local. Uh, visit him. Visit his shop in the Pike Place Market. Is there upstairs, downstairs? I'm on the third floor, so I'm in kind of the um, the depths of the market. Okay. I, I don't have any windows to the outside. I'm a bit of a, a cave dweller down there. Okay. But um, 
the main level of the market is the sixth floor. So once you get there, you just got to go down. It's like the the last level on the inside of the building that uh, that has shops. Okay. Third floor Pike Place Market. So yeah, go find him and uh, check it out and be exposed to another awesome Seattle artist. Uh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I loved it. And we'll see you guys here. I haven't figured out how to end these seeds. We'll see you guys. I'll bring all the Daves next time. (laughs) (laughs) Subscribe to make sure you don't miss a show. Uh, I have a bunch of links in there. Get some merch. And uh, thank you. Goodbye.